Uh, friends, this morning we're going to look at Jesus' nickname, or you could say Christ, Messiah's nickname. Uh, many of us have nicknames, that is an additional name. Uh, that's all the word nickname means, an additional name. Many of us have given one another nicknames. As you know, I'm always giving people nicknames. <laughs> it was one of my ADHD days that started it. <laughs> Actually, I don't think I've ever called my wife by her given name, only her nickname. Uh, her name is Sue, but I've rarely called her that. I think I usually call her Honey. And why? Well, it's pretty obvious as to why. <laughs> she is such a honey. <laughs> yes, nicknames usually signify something. And to understand them is to understand something about the person themselves or even the person who gave them the nickname in the first place. I wonder what your nickname is. I've been given a few over the years and they've all signified something about me. Uh, when I was much younger, actually thinking about it, much, much, much younger, <laughs> I was given the name Herc uh, by my friends because I used to work out very often in a gym and for some reason could bench press much heavier weights than, a pe than people a lot bigger, hence the nickname Herc. I was also given the nickname Turtle by my two best mates at the time, uh, Ferret and Moose. <laughs> they gave me the nickname Turtle uh, because I was always running a bit late and never seemed to be in a hurry. They also reckon I have a neck like a turtle, a bit long and short, sort of jutting forward. Only your best mates can say something like that. <laughs> and my other popular nickname was Rev Trev, as I was one big rev head. I rode dirt bikes at a very young age, used to race them. I love V8s, still do. Love watching the V8s race on the weekend or watching a late night or early morning motor GP. I'm sure I'm not the only one. And who would have thought that that nickname of mine would have further significance down the track? Sorry about the pun. As to what God would eventually call me to do, be an ordained minister, be a reverend, Rev Trev, I certainly didn't. I wasn't even a Christian until I turned 30. My foreman's office even had the name Rev Trev on a wall and I didn't put it there. Well, the nickname that Jesus was given, Emmanuel, came about in a strange way. Firstly, it was given to him a very long time ago, before he was even born, 700 years actually. Secondly, it's not just a name that is God's idea alone and no one else would tend to use. No, to the contrary, that nickname will be exactly what people will call him. So it's a nickname that was foretold and a nickname that is fulfilled. A nickname promised and a nickname that prevailed. Yes, the nickname that not just God said, and Mary, as the mother of Jesus, would certainly use, but also the people will use. They will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. Yes, a nickname he would certainly live up to, a nickname he would prove true, a nickname that had nothing to do with how much he could bench press or the angle of his neck or how punctually he is or what he likes to do on a weekend. Rather, it's a nickname that has everything to do with 
who he is and where he is. Emmanuel, God with us. When people see him, encounter him, hear about him, whether back on that very first Christmas day or today, they will call him Emmanuel. Do you call Jesus Emmanuel? Do you? Jesus Emmanuel, God with us, has wonderful life-changing consequences. Jesus Emmanuel, God with us, also has serious life-changing repercussions. Most wonderful in that it concerns him actually being with us, yet very serious in that it concerns God being with us. Hmm. In a minute we will look at some of the wonderful yet serious consequences of Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us. But briefly for now, we mustn't overlook the importance of the connecting word. Did you notice it? With. We use it a lot now, uh, you know. You probably don't think of it that much. When someone dies, we usually say something like, he is no longer with us, or she is no longer with us. Or when we've decided to do something that might prove a bit of a challenge, we might say to others who we hope are going to help us in it, something like, are you with me on this one? Or in commenting on the company that another person keeps, we might say something like, did you see who such and such was with? (laughs) Yes, the word with is very significant indeed. Just as the words not with are very significant indeed. Now, if there's one thing I want us all to understand, and it is this, Jesus Emmanuel God with us, is not with us unless we ask him to be with us. That's the message back 2,000 years ago. Still the same message today. Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us, wants to be with us, but isn't with us unless you, unless I, have asked him to be with us. Each of of us uh, this morning woke up, uh, this very dry morning, (laughs) not like last week, either with Jesus or not with Jesus. Likewise, each of us walked into church this morning. Thanks, Yuki, for walking into church this morning. Just at the right time. (laughs) Hi, Tom. Hi, Kenji. Uh, Likewise, each of us walked into church this morning either with Jesus or not with Jesus. Jesus. And I say this because I don't want people thinking that Jesus is with them when he is not. Likewise, I do want people knowing that Jesus is with them when he is. So have you asked Jesus to be with you? Because it's not until that you do that Jesus Emmanuel is with you. Now, it's not something that you have to do every day. Keep asking him to be with you or he'll do a runner. (laughs) No, but it is something that we must do. 
It's like marriage at this level. I asked Sue to marry me after I bought her several drinks. <laughs> if the truth be known, after we both had several drinks. Yes, I asked Sue to marry me in 1982, not 67 years ago, Venice and John, not 62 years ago, Carol and Bob. Just as I also asked Jesus to be with me in 1988. Now, in both cases, I knew there would be wonderful consequences and some serious repercussions. But also in both cases, I didn't need to keep asking Sue to marry me each day. She said, yes. And one doesn't need to keep asking Jesus to be with you. He promises he will be, as long as you ask him to be with you. I just got down on my knees to ask Sue to marry me. So too, you could say, one must get down on their knees when asking Jesus to be. The difference, however, is that with Jesus, you get down on your knees because he is God and because he came to save us from our sins, hence his very name, Jesus. And because we need his forgiveness for thinking we can be our own little gods and don't need him. And so whilst on our knees we say, Lord, please forgive me and please from this day be my God and be with me, and he promises he will. But just as marriage isn't automatic, you must actually ask someone to marry you and they must accept. So too, Jesus being with you isn't automatic. You must ask him. No matter how young one is or how old one is. You haven't yet got down on your knees and sought his forgiveness and therefore sought his presence in your life as your God. Why not make the 24th of December 2023 the day to do and so when you get home, go into your bedroom, close the door behind you and kneel beside your bed and say something, if you can, <laughs> and say something like, Lord Jesus, please forgive me. Lord Jesus, please be with me. Lord Jesus, you are God. You are Emmanuel. Well, when one does, when one does call Jesus the Emmanuel God with us, there are some of the These are some of the wonderful yet serious consequences. I'll only mention three, but there are heaps more. Firstly, when Jesus, Emmanuel, God is with you, be content. That's what we're told in the scriptures. In Hebrews 13.5, we are told to be content with what you have because God has said, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. Be content. We can and should be content with whatever we have. Rather than wanting more and keeping, keep wanting more. And why? Because God is with us. He won't leave us or forsake us. That's why Jesus came. God wants to be with us. Sometimes I must admit I wonder why, (laughs) but he does. And once we ask him to be with us, he will never do a runner on us. And once we ask him to be with us, we should be content. Are you content with what you have? Well, you should be if you have God in your life. 
You should be if you have Jesus Emmanuel in your life. God is with you. And if you're not content, it shows at a very fundamental level that you are dissatisfied with God. I hear, uh, I often hear people say, basically say this, oh, I will be content if I just get married. Oh, I'll be content if I just have a few more dollars. Oh, I will be content when I finally pay off my mortgage. Oh, I will be content if I pass my exams. Oh, I will be content if, when we finally renovate our kitchen. <laughs> oh, I will be content, fill it in. But I sadly rarely hear people say, I'm content with what I have. Because I have the Lord with me. Yes, at a very fundamental level, not being content reveals that we are actually dissatisfied with just having God. Do you know what one of the greatest problems in the West is? when it comes to being content, it is our wealth. It's all around us. It is advertised everywhere. As soon as we have, I said to my wife the other day, as soon as we have Black Friday sales and Cyber Monday sales on every day of the week now. (laughs) Yes, it's available everywhere. And it's so attractive. The attractiveness of wealth is a huge problem for the West, for Australia, for Cairns. It's a huge challenge for Christians in the West when it comes to being content with just Emmanuel. It shouldn't be. It shouldn't even get a look in. But it is. It's a huge challenge for Christians anywhere. The Bible calls it a potential idol just waiting there, wanting to be stroked. The Bible calls it greed. The Bible calls it the love of money. The Bible even calls it idolatry, Colossians 3.5. Why would a person try to gain the entire world and yet forfeit one soul? Well, people try to. People do. And the message of society in the West says, do it. Do it. Touch the here and now. Yes, touch the here and now. You'll love it. Do you know what the first part of uh, Hebrews 13.5 says? That is, do you know what the words that come before those words? Or these words, be content with what you have because God has said, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. It is these. Keep your lives free from the love of money and be content with what you have because God is basically with us. Yes, a wonderful truth. Be content. Jesus, Emmanuel, God is with you. But be warned, it can feel very nice, too nice to have stuff. Wealth is very attractive and desires to have you. You certainly cannot, we're told, desire both. Secondly, Jesus Emmanuel, God with us, 
So do not be afraid. And this follows straight on from Hebrews 13.5. It is Hebrews 13.6. So we say with confidence, the Lord's my helper. I will not be afraid. What can man, what can man do to me? Because God in Jesus through his spirit is all who we ask him to be with them, we never need to be afraid. Never. Now we might at times be afraid, but we don't need to be. Certain movie stars, musicians and sportsmen might have some tough-looking bouncers with them, protecting them, and certain politicians might have well-trained security professionals with them. But what God wants his people to know is that he is with us, that he will protect us, even in a flood that we therefore do not need to be afraid. God is the greatest bouncer anyone can have. Like, how can a missionary go into a foreign, dangerous land and spread the good news of Jesus? Because Emmanuel, God, is with them. Like, how will one be able to preach the gospel in an ever-growing antagonistic culture here in Australia. We've seen that. That is why our last Sunday is next week, (laughs) before we have to move. Why? Because Emmanuel, God, is with us. Like how can the confessor acknowledge his master? Or how can we or I bear witness to our friends family members and work colleagues because, or husband, because God is with us. And what about the martyr? How can the martyr stand confidently at the burning stake or with the machete held at his neck and not be afraid? Because Emmanuel, God, is with them. Not even death, we're told, can separate us from him. Here, Romans 8, 38 to 39. Friends, it's getting harder and harder as a Christian here in Australia. And as the 1978, I googled it, <laughs> Backman Turner Overdrive says, baby, you just ain't seen nothing yet. Yes, I think things are going to get much harder to speak God's truths let alone peacefully live out God's truths. And I therefore think Hebrews 13.6 will soon become a popular memory verse by necessity. (laughs) So we say with confidence, the Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. What can man do to me? Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us, so be content. Also, do not be afraid. Thirdly and lastly, Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us, so enjoy his presence. Friends, uh, talking about Christmas and the giving of gifts, in the end there is no greater gift or present than his very presence with us. So enjoy him being with us. Elsewhere in the Bible, in John chapter 14, verse 23, we're told this by Jesus. Emmanuel, 
himself. If you love me, you will obey my teaching. My Father will love you and we will come to you and make our home with you. What a lovely verse. What a lovely promise. The Bible is full of lovely promises that God through Jesus will bring to us. And a true reflection that one wants Jesus in our life, that one truly loves Jesus, is that we do what he says. That means when we read the Bible, especially when we read it and it specifically concerns the things affecting our life, that we will obey what Jesus says. It's pretty simple, really. How does one show that we love the Lord? We do what he says with our life, with respect to our relationships, with respect to our priorities, with respect to our wealth, (laughs) with respect to our bodies, uh, with respect to our time, with respect to the stuff he's given us, and with respect to the abilities he has blessed us with, singing or not. Yes, you obey him in all these areas. And when we don't, we get on our knees again, seeking the very reason he came at that first Christmas, his forgiveness. But there's much more than uh, one's, uh, more to one's relationship with Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us, than the importance of obeying him. It's not just a master-slave type of relationship. It's a close personal relationship of love and living together, sort of like a a marriage. And just as in marriage one should expect the love of the other person and the joy of their presence through thick and thin, one can expect from the Lord his love for us and the joy of his presence with us through thick and thin. Blood or drought. I don't know about you, but um, I don't like living alone. I'm so glad that I lived with my mum and dad until the day I got married (laughs) and have been with Sue, my honey, (laughs) ever since. I also can't cook, but that's another story. (laughs) Anyway, I don't like living alone. But as a Christian, I am never really alone. Never. Uh, the other year, Sue and I went right across Australia through the centre, four-wheel driving, on dirt. And people said to us, how can you do that by yourselves? Actually, we didn't. Someone else was with us. As a Christian, we are never living alone even when driving. Emmanuel, Jesus, tells us not just God the Father will love us, but also that he and his Father will come and make their home with us. God with us. God will make his home with us. Wow. Double wow. Take that in, friends. Let's soak in. Enjoy his spiritual presence in our life until the day we physically see him face to face. 
Yes, Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us, is what Christmas is all about. God said it would be. Mary and Joseph knew it would be, and those who met Jesus said it is true. And for all who spiritually bow the knee before Jesus, we will experience the wonderful yet serious consequences of what that means. The beauty of contentment, the absence of fear, the joy of his presence. And fourthly, one therefore cannot help but resound with praise. That's the ultimate way to respond to such a wonderful gift. Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us, praise. And that's one thing that the Bible is absolutely absolutely full of, resounds of, the praises or the carols due to his name. How about we stand and praise him with this beautiful carol? I think it's beautiful. Holy night.